Welcome to another Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Brooks, and I am here to cover game one. Man, it has been a long weekend. Easter got a little bit of the best of me, just swamped with stuff to do. Had games on Saturday, so I couldn't get to it after immediately after the game, but I am here to talk about it. Um, unfortunately, my co-host and sidekick, Corbin Ford, will not be with me, but I can handle this. We'll get into it. Um, we'll talk about everything um, in game one, Weatherfield's rebounding, talking about missed shots, talking about the near upset that the Dallas Mavericks had. But before we get into all of that, let me tell you about this. Listeners, please take a moment to follow Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analyst analysis too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Please go follow. Those guys do a phenomenal job and they are always working around the clock. Tireless guys who put in a ton of effort and deserve the follow. So please do. That being said, getting into this Dallas Mavericks game, as you know, Dallas took a heartbreaking loss. Um, one that was very winnable. Um, Jazz with the victory, 99 to 93, and Dallas was right there. They weren't they they weren't having the best of games, but they did just enough to pull it out. But they just couldn't get on the on the other side of victory. Man, so my thoughts. So here's the deal. In a lot of these game one scenarios, it's a lot like the NCAA tournament. You never know what's going to happen. You never know how rusty a team is, how a coverage or a certain strategy can throw off a team, and it can help you get that game one victory, even if you're the underdog. It's literally a, a pick em a lot of times with these games, unless it's just an overwhelming favorite, obviously. But for the Mavericks um, specifically, this game was right there for the taking. And it's disappointing because no Luka. You knew he was going to be out. They held Donovan Mitchell to two points in the first half. And you knew that wasn't going to last, especially considering the fact that Dallas went into the half, went into halftime down, um, losing by three. And that's never a good sign when the opposing team star player hasn't played well, yet and still they find themselves in the lead. And so when I saw that, I said to myself, that's not a good look. Because Dallas had every opportunity to kind of pounce on these guys, but between missed shots, the rebounding, bad offensive possessions, things just snowballed. And so watching this game, there's something that just stood out to me, and it was the fact that it, it appeared to be they were going to allow Bogdan Bogdanovich to beat them. Whether that was going to happen or not, we don't know. But I feel like they said, hey, if this guy beats us, we're going to lose. Because a lot of the coverage, obviously, they're going to give a lot of attention to Donovan Mitchell, um, who is their primary scorer and playmaker. And they did a really good job on him. And mind you, all year, Dallas has been an elite defensive team, one of the top three defensive teams in the NBA. They're... They are shutting guys down at a regular pace. And so coming into this game, it would appear that they still they were on track to still possibly do that. Mind you, the final score was 99 to 93. Utah has only been held under 100 points 
eight times during the regular season. And so this is a very elite offensive basketball team, the best in basketball, if not one of the best. And so for them to come into this game, hold them under 100 points, hold Donovan Mitchell to two points at halftime, and still somehow find themselves down was just not the greatest of scenarios. But the optimistic side of that is they had opportunities down the stretch to make this happen. So let's talk about it. Dallas, it seemed as if the ball, it, without, Luka being in, without Luka being there, it would seem as if you will need to have a more ball movement, man movement offense than a one guy making every play happen type of offense. And with the things that they were doing in this game, the, some of the sets they were running, some of the stuff that I felt like could have worked, they went away from it. Some on some possessions they had really good ball handling, and then there were times where they did not have really good ball. I mean, not excuse me, not ball handling, but ball movement. And so I'm watching, and as the game gets goes down the stretch, the game became a lot about Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie. And so I'm watching, and I can, and I'm. I'm wondering why they're running everything through them as if they're Luka Doncic, and that's just not the case. And so when you have a guy who's a generational talent, someone who is a wizard with the basketball, making plays for himself or for others, I don't think it's a really smart idea to try to then pour that type of game plan into guys that are not Luka. And that's no disrespect to Jalen Brunson or Spencer Dinwiddie. Both of those guys have been terrific. They've had great years, especially Spencer Dinwiddie as he's come over to the Mavericks. It's almost like he's been reborn now that he's not with the Wizards and he's been able to flourish doing the things that he does well. But I don't think that either of those guys are elite playmakers down the stretch where you can just give them the ball and get out of the way. Not to mention Jalen Brunson is significantly smaller than Luka. Um... Spencer Dinwiddie, I wouldn't say significantly smaller, but he is smaller. He's 6'5 and goes at about 2'10. Luca's a 6'7, 6'8 guard, going at about 240, I want to say. And so just that alone is going to make it tougher. And so I didn't understand that, and I feel like that got them into some trouble with bad possessions when they really needed a basket. It seemed as if they looked to those guys to make it happen, and it just wasn't there. And I thought that that was a little disappointing because they could have capitalized on some of the opportunities had they knocked down some of the shots that they were taking. But they were just such difficult shots that it's almost unrealistic to ask them to make those plays at a regular pace like a Luka would. Before I continue, let me let you know. So, hey, we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with the Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when you when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advanced advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. Now, that being said, let's talk about some things that they could have done better that could have won them this game. 
first thing that sticks out to me is rebounding. The rebounding edge for them, Utah had 53 rebounds to Utah's, excuse me, to Dallas's 34. <clears throat> That's not going to cut it. In a game in which that was very winnable, they gave up a lot of second chance opportunities to the Utah Jazz, especially on the offensive glass. On offensively alone, Dallas, I mean, Utah had 13 offensive rebounds. Just can't let that happen. And there's not a lot of room for error when you don't have Luka on the floor. So all of these miscues really compounded themselves and allowed Utah to capitalize and for Dallas to kind of just flop down the stretch, which I was hoping that they would not. And there's there's reason for optimism, but there's also reason for pessimism. And the, and the simple fact that if you that game was for the taking and sometimes a team can wake up from that i don't know how often dallas is going to be able to keep utah under 100 points or hold donovan mitchell to a two point two point half throughout this series especially without luca on the floor and if they continue to do that the best thing that you can hope for is that this game is somehow a one to two possession game late in the fourth quarter giving dallas a chance to strike so they also did not shoot the three very well. I mean, there were a lot of chances for the Dallas Mavericks to capitalize from the three-point line. Utah was 7 of 22. They were only 31%. And D Dallas wasn't much better. They, they were 9 for 32, 28%. And they missed a lot of open threes. And, for, and they will need more from guys that they count on heavily. Like Spencer Dinwiddie didn't make one. Um, Maxi Kleber with Luca out is probably going to need to take more than five. I would say around eight. Hopefully he's making five. Uh, Davis Bertans, he only played 17 minutes, but if he can make two or three, that would be great. Not really looking to have Josh Green make any threes in this, in this, um, in this series. But if he does, that's now you're playing with house money, but Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, and Maxi Kleber are going to have to make threes at a high rate. You would want them to ideally be in the 12 for 20 range more so than the 9 for 32 range because that will help them to definitely kind of offset some of the playmaking and scoring that Luka's not there to provide. And they will need to do that. A lot of these guys will have to step up and play bigger roles. I know some of it is maybe not what they're accustomed to but until he gets back that's just the way it's going to have to happen i don't think that they can have it any other way so i think that they should look into that and really hone in on that going into game two because you don't want to necessarily go down oh two and i know that they're planning on getting luca back but what if they don't but if they can get a game at least it will give them hope that you can maybe get him back game four it just depends on the severity just depends on the severity of the injury for Luca, and we don't know the specifics. But a calf strain is never any. You rarely see a guy come back within a week, and if this series is a week long before he can make it back, we might be sitting here looking at Game Six, and I don't even know. If, and that's only if they can actually win a game or two before um, Utah goes on a roll, because they'll go back home after Game Two, and at that point, you're at their house. You don't want to get swept. So this game is going to be very important. Um, 
a number. I, I think the fact that Jalen Brunson only had five assists, I think that's something he can be more of a playmaker, get more guys involved from that aspect as well. If he's going to play a lot of point guard, he's going to have to be a guy that is making plays for others, getting guys wide open looks. And I know that's something that he can do. And the fact that he can get in the lane, I think that that would be big for him. Because as it stands, between him and Spencer Dinwiddie, they took 39 shots. Only made only made about, what was it? I, if I'm looking at this correctly, or if I remember correctly, they definitely were under 50%. Definitely were under 30%. And so that's not good for, for guys who are who took 39 shots combined. Then when you look at the free throw line, Spencer Dinwiddie was 10 for 16. Mind you, they lost it. And he's a good free throw shooter. They lost this game by six. But him going 10 for 16, even he got to the line frequently, but did not make as many as he needed to. They were, as a team, they were 26 for 34, which is 76%. That's fine. But they'll need to make more. They'll need to be more, they need to be closer to 80% on these free throws and Spencer Dinwiddie missing six is just brutal. And a a lot of this is really just, it's nitpicking in a way only because there's not a lot of room for error for this team to, to steal a game or two before they get back. They're going to need that to have, they're going to need these guys to play almost perfect basketball to, um, to get a win and to get more than one win. If, if that's even possible, um, which I think they can do if they can tighten up on, on the three-point making and tighten up on the playmaking, I think this team can actually get a win or two because defensively they can stick, they can they can hang with Utah. Now there's rumors that Utah might go to Rudy Gobert a little more in the second game because he's quoted as saying, you know, he sacrificed and sometimes it goes like that in terms of him needing to, you know, take a step back and defer to someone else. But Dallas doesn't have a lot of rim protection. If they give the ball to Rudy Gobert, who knows what could happen? I know that Dallas is probably suggesting or would love for them to go into Rudy and not go through Donovan or have back-breaking threes from Bogdan Bogdanovich. So that'll be an interesting look in the second game if they can actually get to that. But I think Dallas, if they can tighten up on the rebounding, I think that's something that will be helpful. I think that will actually at least give them the opportunity especially considering that that Utah had 13 offensive rebounds, cannot give up that many, simply cannot. And if they can make their free throws, be better than 28% from three, I think this team will be just fine, and I, I feel confident that they can get a win. But they have to shoot better, and they have to rebound better. Those two things are going to be very key in game two. And if they can do that, I think they stand a good chance. But They're just going to have to try to tighten the ship until Luka gets back, or hopefully he even comes back. So we'll see what happens. But game two is tonight. Um, And that game is going to be big because you don't want to go down 0-2 without your superstar, and then you're heading into hostile territory, meaning going back to Utah, where they play very well and, and a team that thrives on energy, a team that thrives on momentum, and a team that is clearly one of the better offensive teams in the league and at home, they're going to put that on display. So Dallas, is it's very important that they get this win tonight, and hopefully they do. Um, so that's all I have for, for this game. We will get back to it with Corbin. We will break down game two, talk about and preview game three. So hopefully the Mavericks get a win in this one. Please download and subscribe to the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks uh, podcast. 
Let me know what you think. Also, follow me on Twitter at LBSaidIt. That's L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T. And hopefully, I will see you guys soon. Thanks for being here with me. Talk to you guys soon. Go Mavs.